and welcome to Pilgrim's Process, a show where I aim to explore the journeys and stories of different pilgrims along the Camino, as well as other pilgrimages known throughout the world. And this show is something that is going to be a process for all of us, including myself. One of the big things that you learn as you get older, and especially for someone who desires to put something out into the world, a creative project, some type of pursuit, self-expression, is that putting a cap on something too early can diminish what it could be. And so I never really know how to start these intros, but I decided that the best way to do it is to just start and see where we go. There's no pressure for a creation to light the entire world on fire. All it needs to be is one person sitting in the library downtown in Calgary, Alberta, trying to say something that they think is important. So I was putting a lot of thought into what this podcast would be, having just finished the Camino about a month ago now. And many ideas bounced around in my mind, but I went for a float with my brother down the river in the city here over the weekend and had an idea just in our discussions to interview people who have done the Camino, who are now pilgrims, to learn exactly why they decided to embark upon the journey, the things that they've learned, the things that really resonated with them about the experience, and how they've been taking that journey along the Camino or any other pilgrimage that they've taken into the rest of their lives and to not just scratch the surface, but actually learn about these individuals in depth so we can try to hone in on particular things that might really be important to them and in turn inspire others. So I think the best way to start that, to kick this whole thing off, is to talk about what a pilgrim actually is. We hear the word pilgrim, we hear the word pilgrimage, but there's so many different meanings to that word, those words, that it's become something that is personal. And so what I've done is I have reached out to many of the different friends that I've made along the Camino to find out what does the word pilgrim mean to you? I think pilgrim is someone who does a pilgrimage. I think pilgrimage means a significant effort made in order to reach a sacred or holy place. The hard part is to to differentiate the backpacker from the pilgrim because the backpacker is just someone who is hiking and the pilgrim I guess have a purpose other than just discover nature or 
doing some sports. So I guess a pilgrim is um, someone who is doing some travel for a purpose, for a reason. A pilgrim is one who travels in a way that acknowledges that there is something more to be seen and lived than is meeting the eye. Once I realised that I was actually being a pilgrim, what it meant to me was that it gave me an opportunity to be able to leave behind most of the my material world commitments, physical things, and the day-to-day -day routine of my life. I think that a pilgrim is someone who decides to take a journey and to cut off the roots that keep him connected to his family, his home, his friends, his job, to build, to grow deeper and stronger roots that have the, the potential or the power to keep him connected to the world. What's a pilgrim? I never really thought of myself as being a pilgrim, but after walking the Camino, I come to realize everyone is on a pilgrimage of some sort. We've all had different experiences and at different life stages and different states of awareness. But the Camino helps us to remove all of the distractions of everyday modern lives and try and identify and focus on the things that truly matter. I found it very elusive and not sure if I ever really got close, but that's all part of being a pilgrim. It just continues on and on. Thanks everybody who offered insights on what they believe the word pilgrim means. As you can tell, it is personal for everyone. And I was giving it some thought on what would I say that the word pilgrim means. I would say that the word pilgrim means that you go on a journey to find something. At base, that's what it is. Everybody's trying to find something different. Some people go for spiritual reasons. Maybe they're trying to find God. Some people go to find a way to get over a loss. So they're trying to find solace. Some people go to be more healthy by going on a walk, such as the Camino at 800 kilometers. And some people go on the journey to find themselves. I remember running into a man, 72-year-old man, <clears throat> in Lassa Rayonia, and talked to this guy, asked him, why are you doing the Camino? 72 years old, and he says, so that I can find myself. And I thought in that moment of like, wow, you're 72 years old and you haven't found yourself yet? Shouldn't you have found it, found yourself by now? So it, it illustrated to me how you never fully arrive. But the pilgrim is someone who believes that they can. They believe that there is something on the other end that can give them exactly what they need. And the, the Camino has been walked for over a thousand years. And there is something there. There is something that can't be quite pinpointed. But you can just feel that there's something more as you walk this historic route. And 
I had a discussion with a friend about this on whether I felt like certain landscapes brought out certain feelings or uh, emotions in me. And it's hard to say. I mean, definitely with that much historic significance to an area, there may be something there. But I also feel as though it's the people that make the place. And so who are the people that you were with in a certain place? And how did that affect it? And I think there's a little bit of both here. So a pilgrim is someone who's trying to find a thing that they haven't been able to find. For me, my journey, I thought about this a lot. At the very, a month before the Camino, I decided I wanted to have a mushroom trip to help to get my mind into the right space, to let go of any type of resentments or bitternesses that might have held me back. Um, for though, for the uninitiated or the unaware, psychedelics, especially psilocybin mushrooms, have been shown to improve mental health quite significantly um, in varying doses. There was one study done on smokers, and I'm not sure the, the sample size, but it was quite large. And those who had a four to five gram dose of psilocybin mushrooms, which is considered to be a very high dose, experienced an 80% cessation of cigarette addiction up to six months after the experience. So these substances are powerful, and if you treat them properly, and if you treat them with respect, they can have a lot of benefit. And personally, I've experienced the exact same thing. And it's not something that you do all the time, so mushrooms especially are, are anti-addictive. If you have a strong or high dose of them, you don't want to do them again for a while. And so I hadn't done them for a good period of time, but I decided that going into the Camino, I wanted to have a very meaningful experience with them to see if there could be anything that was holding me back from having the best experience possible on the Camino that was coming up a month later. So I had a friend over. Uh, I laid down on an air mattress, put on an eye mask, listened to some relaxing music all throughout the experience. Had him there in case something went wrong, I would be able to call for him and he would be there. I prepared for this experience for three weeks. My first ever mushroom trip, I was 21, 22, and it did not go well. I took way more than I thought I should have. I was living with my parents at the time, but I waited for a time when they were literally out of the country. So I did them completely alone in minus 25 weather in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I'll, I'll save you the details. Maybe if you want to reach out to me, I can tell you another time or if I decide to, to talk about it at some point. But it didn't go well. It was, it was uh, let's just say, a very, very, very challenging experience for me. And so ever since that first experience, I've decided that if I'm ever going to do these things again, I need to approach them with a healthy level of respect. 
So that's what I did for this one. I took three weeks to mentally and physically prepare, try to eat healthy, try to consume good things, not just through my mouth, but in my mind. So taking in good media, taking in um, good music, hanging out with the, the proper people for me. And the experience came around and it was one of the most meaningful experiences of my life. It went, it went as good as I could have expected or hoped for. And I was shown something in that experience that really, really, utterly prepared me for the Camino. I'm trying to talk, I'm trying to decide uh, how I want to represent that, that experience because it, there's a lot there that is hard to put into clear language. Uh, a number of my friends and family know the story. Um, so maybe this is another one that I'll, I'll dive into. But what I will say about that experience was that I brought up a number of different resentments and bitternesses and pains and struggles that I've dealt with. I just kind of threw it out there while I was in this mid the middle of the experience. And I felt this. There was a presence of something there. It felt like a feminine, loving, comforting energy. And as I brought up these different thoughts, these different feelings, these different resentments, bitternesses, it's as if I was being told that those things were actually my burden to carry. Those things can't be taken away from me. They are things that I need to learn how to handle and live with and still move forward nobly with love, with openness, with a desire to connect with others. And that was a big turning point for me. I guess I felt as though there was something wrong with me, that I had these feelings, these resentments, anxieties, insecurities, bitternesses within me. Like, what was wrong with me that I had them? And it's like, no. At what point did you think that you were alone in those struggles? Everybody deals with those things. That's a part of being a human being. So I, I was affirmed in that moment that it was up to me. I needed to move forward and not use these things, these burdens, as an excuse not to move forward. And this is so, such a great metaphor for the Camino. You carry a backpack, maybe 20 pounds, 20, 30, some people even did 60 pounds. You carry this thing with you all through the Camino, all, all through 800 kilometers, 900 kilometers, if you had to finish there. And it's always with you. This burden on your back. This is a physical burden. But we also carry our mental baggage and burdens that we're hoping to let go of. The cruise de Faro, for those who have done the Camino, would know that this is the highest point along the trail. And historically, people have left rocks from their home country there. And they've laid the rock down as a testament to something that they want to let go of. So that's another physical and mental burden that you're laying down. So 
as I did the Camino, I recognized that there was something special, absolutely special about this experience that I wanted to try to capture in words to the best of my abilities. So that's what the purpose of this podcast is. I want to talk about my experience. I want to have other pilgrims talk about their experience. Why did they do the Camino? What do they feel like they got out of it? Uh, how has that impacted their lives? So I've been, I've been bouncing around the idea. Pilgrim's process or process is derived from the book Pilgrim's Progress, which is a classic Christian text written back in the 1600s by a man who was imprisoned for his beliefs in Christianity, and he wrote that in prison. And basically the story is about a man named Christian, ironically enough, (laughs) fittingly enough, who discovers a... has a revelation after he reads a book that there is salvation waiting for him in the celestial city, but he has to make a pilgrimage to get there. And so along this pilgrimage, he's faced with all kinds of temptations, all kinds of things that try to knock him off the path, try to show him something that might be better. The wealthy wise man, like, oh, come, come stay with me and my family. We have everything that you need. Everything that you could want is right here. There's a swamp that they, that they fall into and some have a desire to turn back one man that he's with he has a, he he ends up turning back because he, he doesn't believe that he'll be able to make it through this daunting pilgrimage but christian presses on and while the camino didn't have the same types of direct temptations and struggles there were stages of it that can't be ignored personally i experienced a knee injury at the beginning literally the first day in i had this knee injury uh, from walking too much not having enough sleep not having enough food and it set me back for four four days over a period of a week i had to rest and um it was very very humbling for me as someone who's been active their whole life been involved in sports and has always been looked at as a healthy person to be hobbling along the trail and being passed by 60 and 70 year olds who seem to have no problem at all was extremely, extremely humbling. I remember just hearing footsteps coming up behind me as I was walking forward and I'm like, oh, another person's going to pass me. So it was hard. It was really hard to go through that. Um, Eventually I came out of it and when I did, I had some tremendous tremendous experiences connecting with other people feeling the openness and love of the spirit of the Camino which lasted for probably a 10 day stretch or so and then reaching the Meseta which is a stretch of land which is completely flat for about 5 or 6 days there's not much to see other than than wheat fields along each side And so this is a point in the Camino where a lot of people feel as though there's not much to do other than think. And so it's easy to fall into rumination on 
old demons, old insecurities, anxieties, resentments, bitternesses. This is what I felt. I, I got out of the knee injury. I started to feel this overwhelming sense of love and connection. But then I reached this point of the meseta and it was like everything that I thought I had moved on from was rearing its ugly head again. And I had to find a way out of that. It was like I was back into a hole and I had to figure out how to dig my way out. And uh, the Cruz de Ferro comes after the Meseta, which is quite fitting as something that you're trying to let go of. And then um, the last leg of the Camino, I, I walked with a girl that I felt a quite strong connection with. And so we we... That was a different experience. The first three quarters of the Camino were me mostly walking alone. And then the last quarter was me walking with somebody. And so that changed my experience quite significantly. You had to take another person into account as you were walking, thinking about what they might want um, and relinquishing some of your own individual desires to an extent. And then the final stretch for me was from Santiago to Finisterre, which is translated as end of the world, which is what they thought it was when they first discovered it. All the way on the west coast of Spain, you look out onto the ocean and it's just water. There's nothing else that you can see other than water. It's quite miraculous to behold. And so I walked those final four days on my own. So it was kind of a of an ending, I ended the Camino the same way that I started the Camino. And so, obviously there's a lot of different details that were scraped over there, and those are some of the details that I intend to dive into within this podcast. So, I hope that you can join me and be there throughout this process. I don't know what this is going to look like. I have no idea. All I know is I want to get this thing going. I want to get this thing off the ground because if you wait too long to put an idea out there, sometimes it can pass you by. I was talking to a friend I made along the pilgrimage and and they were saying that it's been about a month now since we were both on the Camino and just mentioning how a lot of the memories that they made, they feel them slowly fading. And so I feel uh, encouraged, but also emboldened to try to get this thing going and see where it goes. Get it going and see where it goes. So thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time for this first episode. And, you know, I'm still working on the name. Pilgrim's Process, which is obviously, as mentioned, a play on the Pilgrim's Progress. But Parables of the Pilgrim is an interesting name because the idea of bringing different pilgrims on to tell their story, talk about their story, what they learned, feels like a very, feels akin to a parable. So we will see where God, where life, where the universe, where this underlying sense of connection that I'm trying to hone in on uh, takes this thing. That's all I have for you today. 
and I look forward to catching you for the next episode.